Hey, my friends. So we've talked a lot last year about joy. And I was saving this conversation specifically for the one who inspired this conversation. I am so blessed to finally introduce you to someone who has really changed my heart and my life. And, you know, sometimes I think we get so stuck on how do we experience joy, let alone how do we do this when we live with a chronic illness and life just isn't going the way that we thought it would. Is there still joy? Can we truly rejoice in all circumstances? Well, that's kind of what we're going to get into today. So don't worry, you don't have to be able to start. Let's just get started. Hey friends, I'm Cassie, and I'm a married Spoonie who lives the chronic illness life. Here each week, I'll challenge you to live intentionally and authentically, where every spoon you use has a purpose and every step you take matters. Welcome to Chronically Cultivating. friends. I am going to be sharing the person who was, I think, my best kept secret um, because I'm not a good sharer. But this is my mentor, Cynthia. She We met um, at a leadership retreat and she was a pastor at Grace Chapel in women's ministry and is an author. And I'm just so blessed to know you. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I We've talked a lot this year, and I've learned a lot. And I remember quite a while ago, um, I had asked you just about joy, and you had really flipped me on its head. But <laughs> I want to share with everybody kind of how we met, which is neat because we're actually recording this, and it's almost exactly one year yeah, right. from when we met. Um and it was really spontaneous. Um, it was not something I had ever expected. And I'm sure you didn't expect to walk in and Mm-mm. have this all happen. Um, but I was going to a retreat that I wasn't even sure I felt like I was supposed to be at. My mom had just been like, "I, you're moving into ministry and I know that you are. And I was like, no, I'm not. Um, and she was like, no, you are. So come to this retreat. And she literally, I was like, I'm not going. And she paid for me to go and was like, you're coming to this retreat. Mothers do that. <laughs> yeah. And she was like, you, I just feel like you need to be here. And then I had really no intention of really, or expectation of what I was going to get out of this retreat, just that it would be a good time away. And I was checking in and... Jared was with me and you had just come up, I think, to say hello. I don't really even remember what directly made us in that moment cross paths because it was before the sessions had even started. I I don't recall. The only thing I recall, Cassie, is I turned and saw you come in and you were in your wheelchair, Mm -hmm. but you had the biggest smile on your face. (laughs) And I was literally just drawn like a magnet. (laughs) <laughs> and I just wanted to come over and just say hello and welcome. And But yeah, here I, I saw this beautiful young woman in a wheelchair smiling. And I thought, I need to get to know her. Well, and it was so neat because you had come up and that was where we, we were still pretty new to Grace Chapel mm-hmm. as a whole. And then you were like, oh, 
I've worked in ministry at Grace Chapel. That's my church. And I was just like, well, that's so cool. <laughs> like, I didn't expect that. And I had no idea that you were even the speaker for, like, I had no clue. I didn't know if you were just attending. Like, I did not have any understanding that you were going to be the speaker for that retreat. And I have a friend who says moments like that are God-sedental. Yeah, it yeah. really was. Yeah. And so we had said hello and you made a point to really make Jared and I just feel so welcome. And we'd even told you like, we're kind of just getting started and we don't really know our place at Grace yet. And, you know, we're mostly online. And I think there was um, almost a little bit of like shame to say that we were more online watchers. Cause I think as we've talked about many times, it can almost come across as it's just the lazy way of doing church. Mm-hmm. And so I think I was a little intimidated to be like, yeah, we aren't really like physically in church, but we do attend like every week online. Um, and you were just so gracious and you didn't pass any judgment. And I was just like, okay. And I think I told you this later on. I, Jared took me into my room to help me get all set up. Um, and at the hotel before we left and I just looked at him and I was like, I think she's going to be my mentor. (laughs) And he was like, what? (laughs) And I was like, you know how I've been praying for like a year and a half that like I would find the right person that was just meant to mentor me. And I really wanted them to be from Grace Chapel. Mm -hmm. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, I think she's the person. He was like, honestly, that you say that. I kind of understand why like, yeah, that's kind of neat. And we both just kind of left it there. Like my mom had just gotten there. We're just like, all right, like, we're just going into it. And then I had heard you speak. Um, and there were so many ways, like so many ways that I was just drawn to all that mm. you were doing and you had done, but you were, you were so gracious in how you talked about ministry. And I think that I had almost assumed that if you're going to be in ministry, you're, you're just consumed completely by it rather than being consumed by Jesus. Mm. And you had really just mentioned that and talked it through and it was all the way up until that Saturday night. Cause it was just the weekend, um, for, I think it was like just Friday night, Saturday and Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. I think that mm-hmm. was how the retreat worked. And all day on Saturday, I was just like, I have to talk to her. I, I just, I've got to talk to her and tell her what's on my heart. And I was really like, I'm not sure I should do that. I was like, she's probably not in a place where she wants, she's probably mentored so many people. She already has people that want to mentor. She doesn't probably have time for this. And I really procrastinated talking to you. And I was just like, well, I don't really know how to approach this. Because I do scare people a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I was so timid because I, I, I didn't have a problem talking to you, but to ask you to be my mentor when I have known you for less than 24 hours, <laughs> I was like, I don't know. She may think I'm completely nuts. And you're like, well, maybe I'm glad she attends online. No, I'm just kidding. But like, you know, I was like, I don't know what she's going to think. And if I recall, we ended up talking for quite some time on Saturday night. And I'm trying to remember, did someone tell me it did who was it that told me you wanted to talk to me that night it was my mom that did because i wouldn't do it okay and so she had actually just been like i have no problem going out and i was like don't you dare and (laughs) in that way i love my mom because she's and as all of you know because she has she co-hosts podcasts with me all the time um 
it, it wasn't like she was just like, I'm going to make this happen. She just knew that I was not going to take initiative. And the other thing too is I think it can be kind of awkward just even being in a wheelchair because it's not like you can just kind of stand in a line of people that want to talk to you. Mm. You're kind of stuck in a way. So it was one of those like, I don't really know how to do this gracefully without just being able to walk up. Like you had to come over to me. And like it was just, I think that was mm. also just part of becoming more comfortable with going out and just talking to other people and, you know, just letting life be what it is, which is me in a wheelchair right now. And that just, that was that. We'd had that conversation. Well, let me back up for a minute, Cassie. I want to tell you something I haven't told you before. Oh, no. So, (laughs) So knowing now, remembering that it was your mom who came up to me. And then afterwards I said to a friend, now, I am um, oldest child, AAA personality, horrible. So I'm always thinking I'm doing something wrong. And I turned to this acquaintance, a friend, and I said, oh, my gosh, this woman wants to talk to me. Did I say something this morning that offended someone or something? Or I, And so I was so nervous. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know. I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm going to she's going to yell at me. But. Oh my goodness, I had no idea. So yeah, so we were both equally nervous for completely different reasons going into that (laughs) conversation. And what's so neat is that we do have a very similar personality type. Mm -hmm. And all of the things, I mean, you're an author, and that was something where I had even been like, I wanted to kind of explore that more. And like, every box that I had kind of given God that I was kind of like, hey, it'd be really cool if like I had a mentor who blah, 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 insert whatever it is. And you just the more I learned about you checked every Hmm. single box and I was just like, all right, God, this is clearly what we're meant to do. And over the summer, you and I had had a conversation and I had, um, I had, I think just straight up asked you, I was like, I, I don't consider myself a joyful person. And I, cause I, I really, at that point in time, and even now sometimes still don't associate myself necessarily with joy, at least not at home and in health and in the things that aren't public. I didn't Mm -hmm. think of myself that way. And I was like, I am pretty sure I just asked you very bluntly. I was like, how can I be a joy filled wife? And you were like, well, you were, you asked me, how could you be a joyful wife? Oh, joyful. The see, I, yeah. So I said a joyful wife and you were like, let me stop you there and I'll let you continue and tell everybody what you told me that has been life-changing. I actually don't remember exactly what I said to you, so I want you to... You had just said, I don't use the word joyful. And I just kind of looked at you and I was like, because we were FaceTiming, and I was like, oh no. Like, I, my first thought that was just like... pregnant pause. <laughs> I know, I was literally just like, oh, Okay. Now I really don't know, like, what I said. And why did I ask this woman to mentor me? (laughs) (laughs) No, not that. More just like, wow, I must be really, really, really wrong, or I'm really hopeless because she doesn't even know how to answer me. (laughs) And you just said, I'm I'm joy-filled. I'm not joyful. And this whole concept just blew my mind. Mm -hmm. And I don't even, like... I mean, you can explain it even better than I can, but how did that all kind of come of, Hmm. like, just thinking of being filled rather than being full? It's funny. I hadn't even, when you asked me that question, I didn't have any thoughts prepared as I 
look back on it. Mm-hmm. It's just, um, it's become a way of life for me. I, the, the closer, which is my word for this year, mm-hmm. 2020, close, the closer I drew to the Lord and he drew to me, the more or the less dependent I felt on myself, the more mm-hmm. dependent I felt on him. And so it, that started to invade just about every aspect of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew I couldn't do life without him. And so I needed to get to know him better. And do you want to jump right into why yeah. my life-changing experience? So in January, the end of January uh, 2014, I call that diagnosis day when my husband was... Um, diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And being the type A, type AAA personality that I am, the first thing I said to the doctor was, um, well, how long? And he said, we don't know. And I said, well, what's, what is it going to look like? We don't know. He says, every case is different. So I sat there and literally saw my life, my future, my dream, our dreams, our hopes, our plans literally explode in front of my eyes. And the doctor saw that I was kind of off in another world, and he said to me, "Um, how are you going to handle this? And I just looked at him without thinking, and I said, I'm just going to live on the other side of eternity. And so with my feet planted in eternity as we left the hospital, because my husband then said, see, I told you there was nothing wrong with me. And I realized that I was on a journey by myself. And I didn't want to be by myself. I wanted someone to be a partner with me, and it became God. And I used to pray my prayer every morning, God, you got me into this, and you're going to get me through it. Mm. And so I began to think about joy that I didn't have. And I began to ask God to fill me with his joy because I had this gaping hole inside of me. Um, Everything was gone. Um, Bob eventually didn't even know who I was, didn't know my name. I was just the nice lady that took care of him. I was grateful that he called me a nice lady. But um, it was like I was standing at the crossroads. I could be, I had a choice. I could be angry. I could be bitter. Um, I could be self-centered. But I made a choice at that moment that I, I was not and I would not become a bitter woman. And so, again, ask God to just fill me with more of himself. And so then I began to think of joyful mm-hmm. and then joy-filled. And what is the difference? And the, I think the huge difference is joyful depends on me. And I had every reason at that moment not to have any joy. Yeah. But I didn't want to live without joy. And so I asked God to fill me. And then... It just changed my world. Well, and even when you had said that, that just that whole thought process was just mind-blowing to me. Mm-hmm. And just realizing that joy was something, when I had asked you how to be a joyful wife, mm-hmm. I think part of my asking was because there was this pressure that I put on myself That's it. of I need to be full, I need to be more joyful and all of that. And you were 
when you had said that, it was like, whoa, the pressure's lifted. Like, I'm yeah. not responsible for exactly. my own joy. I don't have to create it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's there because he's there. And his joy is far better than any joy I could introduce into my life. For certain. My joy before Alzheimer's was the plans that we had. Mm-hmm. The, the dreams that we had, the things we were going to do, the places we were going to travel to when I retired, that was gone. Yeah. Okay. And that was, that was where I really could relate in that sense mm-hmm. of, I think I had also, if I recall, because it was this summer, so that was right around the time that we had chosen to close off-season training. Mm-hmm. And I think I was just that was something that I had put all of my joy in and I kind of had put all of my eggs in one basket Mm -hmm. and they were definitely in the wrong basket. And when that just came to not be part of my life, I think that was where I was noticing at home that there just wasn't joy Mm -hmm. and I didn't feel joy in my marriage. I didn't feel joy in myself. I didn't feel joy anywhere because I had just kind of determined that this I just can't, I can't have joy and have a chronic illness at the same time. That's not possible. And then I think the more that I had thought about it before I had brought it up with you was just, well, why can't I be joyful? And I think through our conversations and like this, this was a life changing conversation Mm -hmm. with me when I like think like this was a day that I remember because it was so life-changing to be free of having to give myself joy that was just like whoa there's joy in all these different places but I couldn't see it because I didn't create it and I think I felt responsible and I think I also felt like well if society's view of joy is when everything is perfect and you live in the perfect place Mm -hmm. and you have the perfect marriage and you have the perfect kids and like all the different things well then that's when you're joyful and that's just not true we can experience joy right now and again I've said it a bunch of times already but it's so freeing to know that we don't have to create our own joy Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and there may be exhausting Yes. Exhausting. It would be absolutely exhausting. And that was something where I, it was so nice to just know like, oh, I don't have to make this happen anymore. I just have to live in it and have my eyes open Mm -hmm. for it. And that was just mind blowing. And there were, I've still gotten a lot of questions from people being, how can you have a chronic illness? How can you do this? And some people even going, well, she must not really be that sick because she can't be that joyful and be that sick. And that's just not true. I I look at it, um, a comment like that, Cassie, and I say, yeah, God. <laughs> because it just opens the door of curiosity mm-hmm. for that person. Looking at you and saying, how can she even smile? Mm-hmm. And God says, I'll show you. Yes. I'll show you. And that was exactly what this whole, con- like, this whole conversation has brought mm-hmm. on. And... I mean, I think it was something, I mean, I talked about it with everybody wow. that I could tell. I was just like, you have got to hear this news. I was just <laughs> like, did you know that we don't have to create our own joy? Yeah. And I think I I maybe talked to Jared about it probably four or five times. And I think he was just like, 
are you like okay? <laughs> because he was just like, I don't oh. understand what has happened. And I was just like, we're not responsible. That's right. We're not responsible. This is amazing. There are so many good things. And I started noticing it in the small things and the big things and just being like, there's joy everywhere. We That's, look for it. That is it. And so much when I was on staff at Grace Chapel, I did a lot of counseling and I used to say to, to people, you know what, when you all you focus on is what you don't have. That's all you have. You only see the negative. And there's such a big, beautiful world of opportunity mm-hmm. out there. I found this quote just the other day, and I loved it. It says, "Sometimes you have to let go of the picture of what you thought it would be, what you thought it would be like, and learn to find joy in the story you are actually living." That is. That is such a good quote. I'm going to definitely screenshot that before you leave here today. (laughs) Um, But that's so true. Because this is it. This is our life. Mm -hmm. This is the life that God has planned for us. And what I wanted to say earlier, I want to get make sure it's straight. If I, I realized, because when Bob was sick, I really couldn't do much. I had to stay with him all the time. Mm -hmm. So I had a lot of time to think. Um, And I realized if I allowed myself to get bitter, and we talked about this earlier today, if I allowed myself to get bitter, human, the human condition is, and I love to do this, Mm -hmm. is to blame someone for it. Yes. And God was all I had at that point. Mm -hmm. And I realized if I had to find someone to blame, I was going to blame God that you got me into this mess and how dare you and who do you think mm-hmm. you are and all of that. I couldn't risk a breach in that relationship Yeah, because I was dependent on him for every breath I took. Well, and I think that's what's so amazing about the journey you were on. And I know you get into that into your book too, of just what it is like to care for somebody. And um, like it's that hour by hour, day by day, let me just keep getting through. And that's even where there are days that I will sit here and I, I try to kind of have one to three things every day that I'm grateful Mm -hmm. for. And they can be really, really small things to really big things. And there are some days that I, I sit here and I'll just go, "Mm, I'm not, I just don't feel grateful for anything. And then I will look outside and the sun will be shining or whatnot. And I was like, you know what? That's actually, that's really great. You know what? I'm grateful the sun is shining today. And I'm like, all right, Lord, thank you for that. Because that, he created everything. Mm -hmm. And he created everything with such joy. And so it was like, wow, just by being like, all right, God, thank you for giving me sunshine Mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm. That was filling for me. Mm -hmm. and Or giving me breath to breathe. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like, whoa, okay, God, like... There, there's still going to be good, even when I don't feel like mm-hmm. there could be. And I think something that is talked about a lot in relationships is that love is a choice and it's not an emotion. But I also have come to understand that joy is just as much of a choice exactly. as love is mm-hmm. because we either choose joy or we don't. It's mm-hmm. one or the other. Mm-hmm. And there's no middle of the road with that. Yeah. There's no half joy. And I think that's what's so interesting about this concept is, is you don't have to worry about being 
full. Mm -hmm. And it's just, all right, well, if I'm not focusing on being full and I'm just present where I'm at right now Mm -hmm. and I'm going to make a choice to say, this is not what I prayed for, Lord. This was not the way that I imagined moving forward with my life but there's still this good and here's what it is Mm -hmm. and I just I just am kind of amazed by that and there are days where specifically in my marriage I'm really really working on cultivating joy and um just in our home and in our lives. And there are times that Jared and I will kind of be into it or bickering. And I will literally sometimes it's typically in the car and I'll sit in the car and I'm in the passenger seat. And in my head, I'm repeating myself, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy (laughs) of the Lord is my strength. And I say it over and over and over again until I am able to stop and think and respond gracefully. Uh And it's true because that, that is a choice that I am making in my marriage to say, I'm going to choose joy mm-hmm. even when I don't want to but I'm going to choose joy it's the head decision not the heart yeah mm-hmm. and and that goes back to how God created us he gave us choices mm-hmm. and I just think we always forget that joy is also a choice because we just like love is a choice but love if God is love and God is also joy then that's a choice as well those mm-hmm. things are things that we have to choose to feel and not necessarily feel, we have to choose to see. We have to choose to see, and then we have to, when we choose, we're making God room. Mm -hmm. Um, So if we don't choose joy, God is joy, Mm -hmm. so we shut God out. If we don't choose love, God is love, we shut God out. It it all goes back to Mm -hmm. Him, and that's why I was, at that moment in my life, that's why I was so... Um, clear on oh my gosh I could shut God completely out he's all I have right now Mm -hmm. Um, years and years ago I I just thought of this Cassie I was going through some serious health issues and the doctor had said you know the one thing you could do is take long long walks by Mm -hmm. yourself and so a good friend of mine a co-worker came in one day and we were talking and she said um well that's a great idea she said why don't you when you walk thank god Hmm. and i looked at her and before i could hold the words back i said i don't have anything to thank him for Hmm. and she said of course you don't but she says you can thank god for who he is Hmm. and then as she left she says try it alphabetically And so I would literally walk all through our town for hours on end going through the alphabet. Wow. Almighty and beautiful creator, you are my eternal father. You are good and gracious God. You're holy and I love you. Right through to the end of to Z and then start all over again. And got so caught up. There were times, literally there were times that I would come out of my reverie and I'd look around and I'd say, what street am I on? <laughs> but just so caught up yeah. in that bonding with God. And, that, you know, some people may say, well, that's kind of foo-foo stuff. Oh, no, it's not. It's real. Yeah. And, and I mean, but it's also just like when we're, it's just like a human relationship in that way yeah. of, you know, 
we may not feel grateful for what we have possession wise or situation wise, but we can say, ah, well, but this is the good that's still there. I have a great support system or I, whatever the case may be. And I think too, what's important to note about joy is that when we compare ourselves to other people to how even not even if we compare to other people even if you don't use social media and you are so focused on you know really making sure that you're not comparing yourself to others I think at times what's worse is we can compare ourselves to ourselves in the sense of well a couple of years ago, I could do this, mm-hmm. and now I can't do that. So I'm letting the comparison that I have with myself steal that joy because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. comparison is the thief of joy, and I think it's all rooted in that. And because life wasn't looking like the way you wanted it to look, and it did not My look plan. like what you prayed mm-hmm. for. And so to come out of that with, God, you're still so good, mm-hmm. and you're so great, but it didn't happen overnight. It wasn't this well, this is what it's going to be and moving forward. It is like those choices are hard and there will be times where the enemy is going to deliberately work so hard against you to steal your joy. But it is a choice that we make. And I think if we're not walking with God every day, if we're not talking to him, if we are not seeking him, we're going to get lost in that because... We're not doing the one thing that we need. Yeah, and God totally understands that. What is the, mm-hmm. the man in Scripture said, I believe, but help my unbelief. Mm-hmm. God knows it's a human struggle. Yeah. You know, and the, and the world, um, you know, tempts us and teases us and then shatters all our expectations. Mm-hmm. But God remains. And I think I shared this at that retreat, but... When, when life changes for us, as it's mm-hmm. changed for you, as it's changed for me, God still says to us, what's in your hand? Over mm-hmm. and over and over in Scripture, he asks people, what is in your hand? And I was always so struck with that because every time he said that, mm-hmm. it was always something little. The, little. the little boy with the little lunch. Mm-hmm. He didn't have, he didn't own a McDonald's franchise that he could have fed all those people. Um, Moses with the little stick parted the sea. Um, Miriam with her tambourine. They were all little things. And so when we are stripped of the big things in our life, God still says, what's in your hand? Mm -hmm. And if we follow that, then we are filled with his joy. Yeah. And... You know, I think what's in our hand can be different in different seasons and different times. And, you know, I think at one point I got really caught up in, well, if I can't do everything that I shouldn't do anything. Mm -hmm. And I was very much like that in my devotionals for a long time. If I couldn't do all the things I wanted to do in my devotionals, it's not even worth five Mm -hmm. minutes to get into the word. And And the enemy sitting on your shoulder then starts to applaud. Yeah. And so to go, okay, well, what's in your hand? Well, sometimes it is just my phone that has my prayer list on it. Mm -hmm. And I can't even, I have such a headache, I can't open my eyes to see or whatnot. And then there are other days my Bible is physically in my hand with pen and paper ready to 
go and it doesn't matter how small or how big what you have in your hand mm -hmm. it's that you use what you do still have in your hand and god through his amazing supernatural being he takes the little thing that we say here it is lord this is all i have he makes it great and he makes it enough enough and that's yeah. so important and as we're talking about joy i recognize that you may be listening and saying well i just don't have that capability because there's no way that i've been bitter for so long or i've been just broken for so much time mm -hmm. there's no way i can start and friends that's just not true um and we want to give you some ways that you can um, just take joy and start little by little and working on making that choice because it doesn't need to be this overnight change. It's not something where, well, if you didn't start on the 1st of January, <laughs> you just are going to have to wait till next year because there's no point in completing it. We know that's not true. There's nothing magical about January 1st. There's mm -hmm. nothing that says that you can't choose joy right now where you're at no matter how long you've been bitter or hurt or broken and so we want to give you some way, some ways to actively take control of giving god what's in your hand mm -hmm. so true i just wanted to elaborate on what you said uh, i have struggled um this year this first few days in the year because I've been incredibly busy and I don't get up at five o'clock in the morning to do my quiet time and stuff like that. I'd love to do it a little bit later in the morning and of late I've been running out in the morning and so I've had to tell myself, convince myself, find freedom in the fact that as I'm driving to where I have to go early in the morning, I can pray. I can do my prayer time. And I think one of the things that enlightened me to that was the Mr. Rogers movie. Mm. When he sat, uh, he was kneeling at his bed um, and he had his notebook. And I have a little notebook. But he just went through the list. He doesn't go into detail about 10 minutes on each person. He just calls out their name before the Lord in his prayers. That's freedom. That is freedom. Well, you had even told me once when I was really frustrated, I remember you saying to me, yeah, there are days I can't do my prayer list. And I just put my hand over that list and I say, Lord, mm -hmm. you know what all of these people yep. need. And I ask that you would just give them what they need to get through the day. And there have been times that I've been in the hospital or even this past few like weeks to the start or the, really the end of 2019, there were times that I just put my hand in my Bible and I said, Lord, I don't know how long I'm going to be clear-headed for, mm -hmm. but I'm with it right now, and I don't have the strength to even open up this Bible right now, but Lord, just bless the people that are in here and give them mm -hmm. what they need mm -hmm. to finish 2019 and get ready to start 2020 and get through the holidays and whatever it was. And I just remember when you said that it was so freeing because yeah. I just was like, well, if, if I can't sit down to pray for everybody, well, then I guess I shouldn't pray at all. And that's just not true. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No, no. It's again, it's freedom, mm -hmm. freedom to be so totally dependent on God that he'll fill you. There were, um, we had talked earlier today about letting your head decide. 
rather than your heart. I think, you know, we, we're told in scripture that the heart is deceitful beyond all measure. Mm -hmm. And the heart plays, uh, or we, we kind of, our moods tell our heart to talk to us. Mm -hmm. And so, I, again, in some difficult times, a friend said to me, um, hold on to the things that you know to be true. Mm. And so there were a couple of verses. These, these are things that got me through the um, Alzheimer journey. In Jeremiah, we read, I know the plans I have for you. And what are those plans? They're plans to give us a hope and a future. Mm -hmm. Okay, Lord, that's your promise. And then in Isaiah, I, he said, Isaiah says, God tells us he will give us treasures in the darkness, riches stored in secret places. Mm. Wow. You know, we all go through valleys, sometimes longer than others, of deep, deep darkness. But there are treasures there. There are riches there. And um, then John's, in the Gospel of John, Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Mm. Which is so interesting that he yeah. uses the word full there. Yeah. Because he is the only one that can fill us. And and there's that word fill, yes. And I thought, I don't want to miss any of these. I don't want to miss anything in this darkness. I don't want to miss anything in this valley. Mm -hmm. And so some of the things that I think helped me and hopefully help you on this journey to allowing God to fill us with joy. Um, and I saw a lot of these in my husband. Um, and I say, build holy habits. Mm -hmm. um, a habit is something that, you know, you, well, I'll be honest, this month is my dessert fast. And it's killing me <laughs> because I love sweets. But I only do one day at a time. So mm -hmm. first day, it was painful. Second day, it was still painful. It actually is still painful on July 7th, but January 7th. But um, build holy habits, um, your trust in God. Let God continue to, to walk with you and know him as an old friend. Mm. Get to know him because he wants us to know him. Um, keep short accounts. Yes. Keep short accounts. My husband, early in the disease, um, my husband and I had this argument. I was frustrated. I was tired. I was still grieving the loss of the life that we were going to have together. And, mm -hmm. and we were just snapping at each other. And he walked out of the room. And I'm thinking, don't you leave me. I have more things I want to yell at you about. <laughs> so... <laughs> And about two minutes later, he came back out and he goes, hey, honey, you want to take a walk? And I thought, he's forgotten it already. Why mm. am I holding on to it? Mm. So I said, sure. And we walked out all over town. We had a wonderful, wonderful walk. Mm. And yeah, keep short accounts because we're the only ones. We make ourselves the victims of it. Mm -hmm. um, one other thing is to live an open-handed life. Mm -hmm. I read one time years and years ago that the average person in 70 years, that's what the Bible says, mm -hmm. we get everything else is grace, but in 70 years we open and close our hands about 25 million times. Mm -hmm. So I asked my husband to do the math because he was the engineer, and we came up with we open and close our hands just under seven to eight hundred times a day 
Wow. So what is the lesson that God is wanting to teach us in that? Mm. Is to hold loosely to things. Yeah. Hold on to things that so loosely that when they're taken from you, they're just released easily. Well, and what's so beautiful about that is that that release of open hands is an act of worship. And yeah, that was and something. surrender. Yeah, and that was something I found this year. Um, I mean, I was even thinking about just the lessons that I've learned over the course of the year. You know, my biggest overarching one was, Lord, I can do hard things for you. And, you know, using those as acts of worship. But I think along with that, it's going, all right, I, I would, I would really like to stay bitter about this, but that's, that's not going to be conducive to anybody. And really looking at in Psalm 126, five, it talks Mm -hmm. about how those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. And this year there were a lot of tears for a lot of, and I, I know every year there are different things, but this year there were just so many things that I just found I couldn't, I just couldn't do anymore. And I, I was reading my Bible one morning and God had just kind of made it really clear to me that if my hands are clutching and very tightly closed onto the dreams of that I had in the past, that he has already said, that's not what I have Mm -hmm. for you. If I'm clutching those, I can't open my hands up at the same time to receive what he has for me right now. Mm -hmm. And so then here I am and I am not going to even be able to open my hands because I'm clutching so tightly. So now I can't even receive what he has in store for me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important when we're living with open hands to know that is an act of worship. That is hard, but we receive so much when we do open our hands. It just may not look like what we prayed for. That's what God wants for us. I have a friend using using the illustration of um, trapeze artists mm-hmm. with the open hands, and she says, you know, in order for you know when the one trapeze artist lets go mm-hmm. and goes to catch on to the other one, she said he has to, she has to let go, mm-hmm. trust in that moment or moments of free flowing or flying. But she or he have to keep their hands open in order to grab onto yep. the other trapeze artist to bring them to safety. We have to keep our hands open to clutch onto what God has for us. That's so true. Mm-hmm. And it all comes back to that is a choice. It is a choice to open our hands. It is a choice to say, this is not what I wanted mm-hmm. my life to look like, but all right, God, you've still got a plan and I don't know what it is yet. I'd really like you to clue me in, but I'm going to allow you to fill me with your joy while I wait. And, and it's okay to weep. Yes. It's okay to cry. Many years ago, one of my daughters was, had broken up or a guy had for her boyfriend had broken up with her and they had a long relationship and she was up in her room and I could hear her crying and I went up and she was sitting on her bed with a big box in her lap mm-hmm. and another box on the bed next, next to her on the bed. And she's crying and picking up things and putting them in the other box. And I said, honey, are you okay? And she says, oh, I'm fine. She says, I'm just crying over all of the gifts that he gave me. When I get to the end, I'll be okay. 
Wow. She says, I'm taking them out, crying over them, putting them in the box. Taking them out, crying, putting them in another box. Mm. That was just a way physically that she had to do it. Well, but I, I think the one most important thing we need to do in order to allow God to fill us with joy is what I call intentionally pursuing gratitude. Mm. Um, we have got to have a grateful heart. We have got to work at that grateful heart. We have got to make space for God in our grateful heart. Mm -hmm. And we have to find things to be thankful for. Um, when my husband went into a memory care facility, we used to walk, he and I would walk every day and we had this route. And we walked, I walked to the end of the driveway the first day I was alone and I turned around and came back in the house. I said, I can't do this by myself. Next day I tried again and I got to the end of the driveway and I said, I'm just going to thank God for things. Mm. I talked the breath that we breathe, the sunshine. And I started the route and I was thanking him for the flowers along the way and mm. for whatever, little things, a beautiful tree and all of that. And before I knew it, I had come back the route, walked past my house and was still thanking God. And so I, I say, you know, you can't have joy without a grateful heart. You can't have love without a grateful heart. Mm -hmm. And so I make it a, a point in my life every day, Lord, help me to pursue gratitude. Well, and I think what's also so important is what you just mentioned about, you know, by choosing joy, it doesn't mean that you are taking out grief mm -mm. and you're taking out those things mm -hmm. they they are a part of that because Absolutely. I think some people look at it and they're like well if you're joyful then you can't be upset and that's mm -mm. not true and but it is true if you were joyful and I think that is what yeah. it looks like when you were you cannot in my mind be joyful if we're thinking of that full we create our own joy and be devastated at the same time but when I choose his joy over this circumstantial joy that this world has that is how I can be filled with joy even when I am faced with so much uncertainty and just progression of where things are at. And I think that's so true of what you're mm -hmm. saying too is mm -hmm. because you were filled with joy, it was not your responsibility to make all of your joy. You were able to still have it in the midst of so much grief. Yeah, and so much grief, so much loss, but still joy-filled because it was not up to me mm -hmm. to fill myself with joy there's a, a beautiful uh, verse in Romans fifteen thirteen, and it says may the God of hope fill you it doesn't say may the God of hope um, make you be joyful but it says may the God of hope fill you with all joy and all peace as you trust in him so that that's an important phrase. Mm. So that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's only through him. Yep. When I was taking my doing my doctoral program, my lead professor would have us read articles and books and stuff. And she said, uh, then we'd write papers. Mm -hmm. And she said, I will not read your paper unless there is a so what paragraph at the end. Wow. And I look at the so that as the same thing as so what. What's mm -hmm. the purpose? Why Why does God fill us with 
all joy and peace. Mm -hmm. Because we trust in him. Why? So that we may overflow. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's contagious. It really is. And I think one of the other things that you can do to, you know, help um, choose joy is be around people who are filled with joy that are going to encourage you to choose joy even Mm -hmm. when you don't want to Mm -hmm. because who we're around, you and I were talking about this earlier today, who we're around is who we become. Exactly. And we, just as we're intentional about where we put our heart space, we need to be intentional about who we spend our time with, mm-hmm. why we're spending time with people. It's that same exact thought process of, well, mm-hmm. what am I going, like, what is going to come of this decision? And why does it matter? And that's so important. And even, um, you know, when we're reading through, I love the verse where it's talking about how we need to be um, thankful in all situations and it Mm -hmm. deliberately says in it doesn't say for i don't have Mm -hmm. to be thankful Mm -hmm. for my chronic illness i don't have to i just need to be thankful in it Mm -hmm. but not for it and that's so freeing because he's just like no you you don't have to be grateful that life is not going the way you wanted it to right now Mm -hmm. but you do need to still praise me in all circumstances we need to live on the other side of eternity yes know that we have the greatest hope forever and ever and ever it's a long time yeah for certain well thank you so much for being willing to share so much of your Mm -hmm. story um and just sharing life with me in general but um thank you for trusting me mm, to do that i'm so grateful because you cassie have blessed my life more than you can imagine well, the feeling is super. No, mine's super. more. <laughs> See, if we get into that, we'll We're be here get all into day. A big argument. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it definitely, you know, for anyone that does not have a mentor, doesn't feel like mm. that's something. Like, I challenge you to be bold. And if God is saying, "I really think this is supposed to be that person," go for it. Absolutely, ask them. And or get your mom to, uh, <laughs> if you can't, uh, to start the conversation. And you know, I'm just, glad she did. And just go for for from there. So thank you so much. And so friends, go after joy, mm-hmm. and choose it, and don't make yourself responsible for it, because that is just so hard. But know that in all things, we can be thankful when we pursue it mm-hmm. and so and then gonna... live a life of freedom exactly oh god is so good <laughs> so good when the unexpected comes calling bounce forward with comcast business bounce forward fast with internet speeds up to a gig and bounce forward with the flexibility to update your bandwidth in just a few clicks get a powerful and reliable internet solution starting at 64.90 a month for 24 months with a 2-year agreement. Call 1-800-501-6000 or go to comcastbusiness.com today to find out more. Restrictions apply limited to new Comcast Business 25 megabits internet and one voice mobility customers early termination fee applies equipment installation taxes and fees extra subject to change.